Welcome to the MedTech Talent Lab, the number one catalyst for advancing careers and building high-performance teams. Sponsored by the Anthony Michael Group, helping companies secure in-demand talent in regulatory affairs, quality, clinical, engineering, R&D, and other areas for medical device, digital health, diagnostics, and other organizations across the U.S. life sciences sector. Here's your host, Mitch Robbins. Hey there, we are back live with another live edition of the MedTech Talent Lab. It's Mitch Robbins and Adam Sapi coming to you. We are at the search from the Anthony Michael Group helping organizations across uh, the medical technology sector, including digital health, diagnostics, and uh, medical device organizations to build high-performing teams in the areas of regulatory affairs, quality, and some of the other technical areas that you would think of like engineering. Each and every week on Wednesdays, uh, 11 o'clock Pacific, 2 o'clock Eastern, we come to you here with a different topic all related to talent. Sometimes it's about building your team. Sometimes it's about managing your own personal career. Simultaneous to this outlet, we run the MedTech Talent Lab recorded edition of the podcast, which you can find on just about any podcast platform you consume podcast content on. And we interview leaders, best in class folks straight from the industry on all things talent related as well. Adam, thanks, man, for being here each and every week with me as the co-host. Today, what we posted about is regulatory affairs professionals. They're almost like A-list celebrities. They're social media influencers, <laughs> to use your, you know, to use your terminology the way you were thinking about it. I thought, man... Like that was such an epiphany for me because it's so true. Just, you know, I know that talent markets right now across different industries, across different sectors, they're all on fire. Nobody can keep yeah. up with the demand for talent, just with the major, major shift that's happened recently in the last couple of years. But especially in regulatory affairs, these folks are definitely in the driver's seat. And from Spider-Man, with great power comes great responsibility, right? And I think it's so, so true. So today we're going to talk about Hey, how do you manage and leverage this power? But, you know, the way you act and behave now is going to have long-term consequences. And so there's a right way and a wrong way. And we're going to dig into that. So whether you're thinking about making a move right now, whether you're in the process of making a move, or whether you are thinking about the fact that you're going to stay with your current organization for, you know, time to come, I think this is relevant to you. So let's jump in, man. I'm going to pull this up on my phone as always, and we'll just tackle the topic. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. And I was excited to do this more so. I've seen the whole arc, you know, since COVID started, you know, like us, like you and I, everyone else is like, holy cow, when that first hit, am I safe? Is my job going away? Am I going to make it? You know, all these things, uh, regulatory folks in the same boat. And then that immediately shifted to, holy cow, not only am I going to make it, I'm in the driver's seat now. I'm getting so much attention. And now, you know, whatever, 20 months, 24 months into it, the conversations have shifted. I'm hearing it in people's voices where it's almost, uh, it's a, it overwhelming is probably the best word I can think of. They're getting hounded by so many recruiters like you and I. They're getting calls by their former managers. Their colleagues are talking about, you know, their new job and everything else. And I think people feel guilty. I've had so many conversations, dozens of these conversations in the last couple of months where we talk about the person's clearly ecstatic in their role. They love it. They're being compensated well. They're happy in the role. They're getting to do cool new projects, everything else. I'm like, well, why are we talking? I don't know. I just feel obligated to see what else is out there. Okay, good on you to do that. And we can even, you know, let's talk about some of these opportunities out there and let's maybe even set up some confidential exploratory conversations. But I think people feel guilty that 
if they haven't moved during COVID or some, a lot of folks are moving for their second time that they're being silly. And I'm, I just had a conversation with a guy yesterday. I'm like, Hey man, the grass is not greener, you know, in your situation, put your head down till the summer, till that 510 K clears. Don't even take another call. Here's my opinion. As somebody who only gets compensated and rewarded when you do make a move, I'm saying, hey, stick it out. Um, yep. I, I think it's so overwhelming. The best analogy I can think of is we all know people who have bought a house in a really hot, hot housing market and you ask them, hey, what do you think of your new house? Oh my gosh, we love it. Look at this. You're showing you around. I love this and this and this. And then 10 minutes later, they're like, well, the only thing is, you know, we looked at 20 houses. I wonder if one up the street is even better or we'll appreciate faster or we'd be even happier in that role. And it's just like, don't do that to yourself. You're going to make yourself crazy. Do your due diligence, make a sound decision, and then stick to it. Commit. Yep. I love that. The other thing I would say is be respectful. Okay. I've heard so many stories recently of yep. candidates either bowing out of an accepted offer through a text message. Hey, sorry, I'm not coming. I changed my mind. I got a better offer. <laughs> this is real. I, I, I've, I've had these recent stories. Or last minute, two minutes before the hiring manager is supposed to get on video to interview with you, you cancel it, you know, be respectful. We've been in this business long enough to see different cycles and tides do turn, right? And you want to be remembered as somebody who was respectful, was professional, was uh, grateful, because you just never know when you're not in the driver's seat, right? And nothing lasts forever. So that's another big thing. But let's talk more about the fact that they really are feeling overwhelmed. I mean, there's so much noise going on. There's so many messages flying back and forth. And it's interesting of what you said about somebody feeling obligated to at least take the call, maybe obligated, you know, as a nicety to because they knew you, but also obligated to themselves that, well, what if it is better? There's so many opportunities. What if it is better? I think we really have to dumb this down to what is most important in your situation today. There could be a thousand opportunities. Does it really matter, though, if it's not pertinent to what you are after? It does not. No, it really doesn't. And to piggyback on content you and I have done in the past, one scenario, uh, which I think is great, get a recruiter or get two recruiters, or maybe they don't even have to be recruiters, but people in your industry that are in the know, make sure they're on your side and they can keep you in the know of things. And then that way you can just put your blinders on, put your head down and do the work, not respond to LinkedIn messages and you know calls and emails and everything else. Just know that, hey, I'm in a good spot. I'm happy in my role. Allow yourself to be happy. Uh, I know it's been a crazy two years, but allow yourself to be grateful for what you do have and not focus on what you don't have or some shiny other objects, knowing that, hey, these two recruiters have my back. They'll make me aware of something that's out there because, and then this is another uh, show we've done, find out and distill it down what's most important to you. Hey, I'm doing hybrid now. I'd love to work fully remote or I do want a little bit more money or I want to work on new projects in this particular medical technology or therapeutic area. Well, now's the time to optimize your situation for sure. Do that before the market shifts. But then once you get in that spot, you know, again, just commit to it and just move forward on that. And, you know, I think, yes, the market will shift. And also I believe in karma and everything else. So if you have unrealistic demands or if you don't value other people's times, I hadn't heard that scenario where you're texting somebody that's like a breakup via text or something. Mm -hmm. Don't do that. Don't burn bridges. You don't want to be remembered as that person because doing the right thing is always the right thing. Like Gary V says, and whatever, what's the quote character is when no one's looking, you know? So now it's a real easy time to be a jerk and you know, at prima donna and, and have all these demands, you'll probably get most of them, but they'll remember that. And also, you know, it just doesn't feel good. So try to empathize with the hiring manager, empathize with the company and companies that you're interviewing with or that you're working with. Put yourself in their shoes. And I think that will probably change your attitude a little bit too. Yeah. And I think it's really important 
to distill down what the criteria is of why, if you are going to make a move, why are you making this move? What do you want yep. to achieve? And yep. be really steadfast in that. Don't feel like you got to go on 10 different interviews to find what you want. Yep. You can figure out the majority of the things that you want once you come to the conclusion that you want to start to explore opportunities. You should. Now, is there going to be a recruiter that taps you on the shoulder with an intriguing opportunity that you weren't thinking about? Great. Wonderful. That's kind of, you know, part of the value of recruiting. But I also think that Adam's got a fantastic point about interviewing recruiters, finding one or two trusted advisors in that space who you can count on, who will take the time to understand the criteria that's important to you, who will be proactive as far as bringing opportunities to you, and who will do their best to open doors for you. If they can't, a great recruiter should still try to make the introduction for you one way or another as far as handing off the contact info, right? Yes. Yeah. But I think a lot of this can be done prior to those conversations, like you said. The other thing, too, is making hay while the sun shines, right? If you truly feel that you're undervalued internally, but outside of compensation, you love everything and you want to stay, now is the time to have those conversations. And have the conversations with the information in hand. Talk to the recruiters that Adam's advising you to talk to. Understand what's going on in the market as far as the value of your current skill set. And make the business case to your hiring manager and to human resources internally. You don't have to go get another offer. Make them feel like you're, you know, pinning them against it. Yeah. Have that conversation without going to get another offer, especially if you know you want to stay. Yep. I was going to say, there's a tactful way to do that. And that's exactly it. Hey, I've loved working here. I want to stay here. As you know, this market's insane. I'm not going to go shop around and bring you a, an offer so you can try to beat it. And so, in some companies, you actually have to do that, which I think is a poor, <laughs> poor policy. So your hiring manager would tell you, go interview, get an offer letter and, and email it to me. And then I can go to HR and we can match that. Until then, I can't do anything, which silly, but assuming you're, you're not with one of those companies, have the conversation. Hey, you know, these people have left. I'm aware of what's going on in the market from my years of experience and my skill set and experience. I believe I can make a business case to war, you know, warrant a pay bump of 8,000 and here's why. Okay. Can we talk about this? You know, it's just a very free flowing conversational, you know, dialogue there. And then they, and then you can go to HR and, and try to get that. And likely you will. And, and it's not a counter offer situation. You haven't burned any bridges. No one's feeling bad about it. And you're being proactive and saying, Hey, I love this place. I want to stay. Can we push for something else that's important to me? And in this case, more compensation. Yep. And our buddy Richard said, thank you. You know, a, a good comment about maturity and good decision making always, always looks good. But Guys, for those of you listening live, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Are you being bombarded with opportunity after opportunity like we think you are? What's really going on in your world? What are the frustrations that you feel as far as how to navigate your own current responsibilities, let alone field all these inquiries about, you know, making making a move? Yeah, I just can't stress that enough about the counteroffer versus being proactive and the taste in somebody's mouth if yep. you're basically, you know, putting them up against the wall with a counteroffer and you did it strategically knowing that you wanted to try and stay. You know, we've yeah. got a horror story where somebody, somebody internally in a big organization saw their manager get counteroffered and ended up staying. They tried to go do the same thing. And the, the team said, I'm sorry, you know, good luck to you. And they had, they quit. And so therefore the person that ended up taking the counteroffer was now doing the job of three people because he lost two employees on his team. So it just, it's never a good thing. It really, in my yeah. opinion, isn't. In 14 years, I've never seen it go the right way as far as- We've also seen it too, where- the gentleman took a counter offer and then so they're seeing him as one foot out the door. So they give him the counter offer so he can keep doing the work. Meanwhile, they're backfilling his, you know, recruiting for his backfill. And then six weeks later, eight weeks later, hey, you're out. Right. Guess what? The position you had an offer for is gone and now you're out of a job. It's much harder to get a job when you don't have a job. So yeah, there's just 
there's a lot of easy ways to avoid a counteroffer situation. And yeah, and I think just from the pain in people's voices, the main reason I wanted to do the show today was just the pain in, in people's voices that I'm hearing, whether they just took a new job and they're thinking, gosh, did I make the right decision? Or I've been happy in this company for seven years. Am I silly to stay? It's okay. Like give yourself some grace and, and give yourself a break. You're doing the best you can. And are there a million other opportunities out there? Yes. Are they necessarily a better opportunity for you? No. And so again, back to what you had just mentioned a few minutes ago, write down two or three things that are absolute most important to you, rank them or prioritize them. And then if there are opportunities out there that can, you know, top grade or enhance that, great. Explore those. And if not, like you said, be steadfast. Be like, thanks, I'm good. And then with your trusted recruiters or partners out there, hey, guess what? You told me six months ago, if there is ever an opportunity at the principal level with an implantable complex uh, device within the neurospace or whatever, you'd at least want to hear about it. Well, guess what? Here's one. And you can say, hey, timing's not great. Thanks, but no thanks. Or yeah, I did say that. That is the one thing I'd look at. So let's talk. And Karen Geep, who does a fantastic job delivering value to uh, the medical device industry, he runs a, a podcast called the MedTech Podcast. He's constantly putting out video content about what it's like to work in regulatory affairs and quality. He says the importance of, you know, yes, there's way more demand right now than there is supply, but the importance of maintaining good relationships, which is exactly what we're stressing here. Yeah. So let's kind of sum up what we're talking about. Yes, definitely are in the driver's seat. Yes. Now, if you want to make a move, is a fantastic time to make a move. If you want to stay with your corner organization and you feel that you're undercompensated, yes, now is the time to start having those conversations. But maintain respect, maintain integrity, maintain professionalism. Don't feel like, oh, I'm never going to talk to this person again. It's such a small world. You don't want yeah. to burn the bridges. You just don't. Don't text message and say, I'm not taking the job after you, you know, do things that you would normally do. What do they say? Yeah. Treat others as if, you know, how you want to be treated, right? right? That's number one. Number two, understand the criteria that is important to you if you really truly do want to make a transition career-wise. What is important to you? Is it the scope of responsibility? Is it the way you work in terms of hybrid or remote? Is it that the fact that you look for a different type of culture and you kind of know what that is? Is it the types of products that you want to work with that you don't have exposure to? What are the key criteria? After you understand that piece, interview some recruiters who work in your niche, vet out, you know, we'll do a whole nother show of how to vet your recruiters. But once you have one or two recruiters that you feel comfortable with, Help have them be proactive on your behalf where weekly you're, you're updating each other. What's changed? What are the opportunities? You know, and have a rolling list of what's going on. You know, be uh, strategic about it. Don't feel like you've got to take every single situation and, and explore it because before you know it, you went from two to now you got 15. How are you going to distill that down? It's that's crazy. Yeah, and keep up crazy. with a full time job. It's crazy. So you don't have to feel that pressure. And I love what you said, Adam. If you're happy with what you're doing, you feel you're fairly compensated, you love the people, you love the culture, you love the work setup, you're excited about your scope of responsibility, don't worry about it. It's okay. Congratulations, you right. won. You, right, you, that's what everybody's trying to do. Yeah, so you yes. are there. So be happy about it. Yes. So well, I'm going to take a look at my phone for the comments and see if there's questions or comments. But what other thoughts do you have while I'm looking at this? Yeah. And even on the, uh, you know, doing the right thing, one, you don't want to burn bridges because the med tech community, like you said, is so small. People will hear that. And even on your own team. Yeah. If you go in there and, you know, you twist somebody's arm into a, a higher, you know, something they don't feel good about. Great. You'll get it. But guess what? In three months when there's a new project, and there are eight other people on your regulatory team, guess who's not getting that is you. So you get a short-term win, but long-term, you're jeopardizing yourself. They're going to remember that loyalty. They're going to remember you doing the right thing. And that's going to reward you for the next 
10, 20, 30 years of your career. So yeah, I just can't stress that enough. The two takeaways, I think, be grateful for what you have and not focus on what's out there that you're not having. You know, that, like you said, you can't interview for 30 positions mm-hmm. um, and that's silly. You you would be exhausted and it's a detraction from your job and your life. But then also just be respectful of the situation you're in. Acknowledge it, but also know that, you know, hey, put yourself in, in the uh, on the other side of the table. Empathize with them. We're going to wrap this in a minute, but that's perfect because uh, Richard even said the importance of taking the long view, right? Yeah, yeah. And, yep. and maintaining relationships and respect. I think about what you said about, you know, comparing it to an A-list celebrity. And I think about my own childhood going, you know, I grew up in Chicago and I used to go watch the, you and I uh, have this commonality, but I used to go watch the Bears practice, right? At their practice uh, facility. And I'll never forget the difference of somebody that I admired coming up and happily signing autographs right? For the children versus somebody who I really wanted the autograph from. And they gave you the cold shoulder and just walked right past you at seven, eight, nine years old, whatever I was. Right. I remember that to this day, how that felt. So think about it. Yes. You're in a position of power right now. You really are. You write your own ticket. Remember what that feels like on the other end though, when you don't have that power and how somebody else might feel. And the fact that they're trying to get, gain your attention in a professional manner. Remember how that feels. Yeah. To be on the other side. That's really good. That's a good uh, analogy. So I think we're going to wrap. We are here each and every Wednesday, 11 o'clock Pacific, 2 o'clock Eastern, the MedTech Talent Lab live edition, talking about all things talent related, especially within the MedTech industry. Make sure to check out the recorded version of this podcast where we interview best in class leaders from the industry on all things talent related. If you have questions about your own career trajectory, you have urgent and critical uh, search needs uh, in the RAQA space, Adam and I are always available to answer your questions. You can either DM us or uh, find us online to email us or call us directly. For all of those who participated in our conversation today, thank you so much. Thanks for being here. We know that you could be doing a variety of things now, so thank you for your attention. For those listening back, we hope, as always, that this is of value for you. Last words, Adam. I think that's it. I think that's it. Um, I'm here wearing my sweater, ready for a, a, a spring snowstorm here in Colorado, so I'm jealous of, of everyone or, you know, in warmer climates. But no, really excited to... Uh, Uh, Have a good week and then uh, see you guys all back here next Wednesday. All right. Thanks, everybody. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to the MedTech Talent Lab podcast. For more content-rich episodes, log on to theanthonymichaelgroup.com or subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform.